listening to a Shift Gold interview hosted by Mike Meharry. Today we're going to be talking to E.B. Tucker, the author of the book, Why Gold, Why Now? The War Against Your Wealth and How to Win It. E.B. and I discuss the current state of the economy and how the powers that be are destroying our wealth. Specifically, we talk about dollar devaluation, inflation, and the power of gold as an investment to protect your wealth. We also talk about gold royalty companies and how they can work into your investment strategy. All right, E.B., thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. I appreciate it. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Well, I really enjoyed your book. I read it actually in one sitting. So um, a lot of inf- interesting information. A lot of it actually dovetails with stuff that I've been writing over at Shift Gold for the last two or three years. So uh, looking forward to kind of digging into a little bit of the of the meat. But before we do that, I would love for you to just give folks a little bit of your personal background and how you got to where you are now. Well, as you, as you know, Mike, reading the book, uh, the beginning of the book, I, I go through kind of how did I end up here? And, and what you'll remember is that I, I try to justify your time. I try to mm-hmm. say, you know, why should you invest this one sitting to read all this stuff? And I kind of explain how I stumbled into the gold market about 18 years ago. Uh, what my background was prior to that, I was an equity analyst, you know, covering you know, bank and insurance stocks and active investor and when I held the first ounce of gold and somebody kind of explained to me the, the history behind it, I thought, well, this makes a world of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the book arose out of uh, frustration last year when I had so many wealthy people calling me saying, what do we do about all this crazy pandemic, you know, stimulus tr- trillions of dollars and everything? And I got so tired of answering and I sat down <laughs> and wrote the whole book in 23 days. Yeah. And and the subtitle of the book is The War Against Your Wealth and How to Win It. And and so what you, you know is that you see a roadmap after reading the book. It's not about go buy gold, bury, get a shovel, midnight gardening is what people call it, bury <laughs> it in the ground. It's not right. about that. It's, yeah. it's about, hey, man, you've been working. You get up and put your, your coat on and go out the door every single day because you're trying to earn a better life for yourself and for your family. And that whole premise is in the crosshairs right now. And so how, how I got up to that point, you know, when my first ounce of gold, 2000, say three or so, um, until, until the point that I wrote the book, a lot of things happened. I, I, I wrote a blog when blogging was a very new thing. Uh, I, I also had a, a, um, uh, a, a stint through the newsletter business where I was writing uh, Stansbury International, right. uh, Bill Bonner letter, Doug Casey's newsletter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these things you've heard of. So I wrote all those newsletters. I mean, if you ever subscribed to any of those newsletters, chances are I was writing it. My name was on it with those guys. They're all personal friends. Uh, they're all really great guys. But but I was doing that and, and trying to, to build a portfolio that would beat the market for years and years. Uh, you know, gold always has been kind of the cornerstone for me. It's not because I'm a huge gold bug. In fact, in the book, you'll see that I'm not some guy that thinks you need to just have all your money right. stored up in gold. I mean, that's not the case at all. I mean, we, we actually have a chapter, how much gold should I have? It's a question that people have a hard time with. We give a formula. Uh, we, we talk about what that should look like. And, and you know, you're, 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 what you want to do is you want to see the way the dominoes are falling and then position yourself. And, and so we can, we can kind of dive into all that stuff, um, you know, and talk about how it happened. But, you know, to your point, the book was designed 
so that somebody that that had a, a little bit of experience, you know, could could understand exactly what's going on in a sitting. Yeah, I think you did a really good job explaining a lot of the the real nuanced monetary policy stuff in a way that I think your average educated person can grasp. So that's, you know, that that's fantastic. Well, you, they, they know that MMT modern monetary theory is, right. is, is a problem, but they're not exactly sure why. I mean, they know that paying people to stay home is a problem, right. but they're not exactly sure what the consequences mm -hmm. are. You know, and so you're right. These are, these are, they know negative interest rates don't work. I mean, you, you, when you were a kid, your grandma had a passbook savings account and she was just go buy a CD every now and then. Right. That's what we, we grew up seeing. That. Right. That's over. You know, you yeah. have negative. You pay money for the CD now. It's crazy. Right. But the smart people in the room are telling us this is all fine and normal, right? Yeah. And you <laughs> buy some dog coin and, and you, you, know, you speculate and, right. you, and you buy, you know, bizarre tech stocks and all these things. And you, you, you trade all the time and. And just don't even worry about what's going on over here. Leave that to the experts. Yeah. So really, fundamentally, what we're talking about is at the crux of all of this is currency devaluation. Why aren't more people concerned about that? Well, I don't think they know what it means. I mean, they, they, the, the, the big problem, and this is for everybody listening, I want you to, I want you to question one premise that, that you've got totally wrong. The U.S. dollar is not designed to be your personal savings vehicle. Like everybody thinks, well, this dollar should be where I store all my money. Well, right. why? I mean, it, it, it's totally false. And, and there's been no currency in the history of the world that's been, hey, we'll make this really sound. You know, the, the, the purpose of monetary policy is to control the population, mm -hmm. to keep the economy under control and to have the, the levers, you know, where, where the guys that are running things can can operate it. And, and as you see, the long term trajectory, of the dollar is very low. We say in the book in 19 teens, if you if your ancestor had put ten thousand dollars in an envelope, it's worth ten thousand dollars today, which is right. not very much money. And if they had put 10,000 worth of gold in an envelope, it's worth about 90 times as much. And right. people say, well, wait a minute. Is, 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 what does this mean? Well, all it means is it takes more dollars. Mm -hmm. And and you're going to see more and more of that. Now, now, I don't think we're headed into some period where you have wheelbarrows of cash and then you're going to be silver coins at the, right. at the drugstore to try to get your supplies. It's not like that. It's just they're trying to engineer – a, a, a water landing here. That's what they're trying to, like that guy that put the plane down in the Hudson. I mean, oh, yeah. they're, they're yeah. trying to engineer a scenario where they can make the debt an, an afterthought by controlling inflation with monetary policy. So far, it's working. That's, I mean, our hats are off to these guys because nobody notices. I mean, take, for example, there was a big push for minimum wage $20 and everybody fought against it. Right. But now you cannot find help anywhere. Every single storefront, help wanted, help wanted. Mm -hmm. The McDonald's franchisee where I live, I know the guy, he's got 80 McDonald's. There was an article in Business Insider about him. He's advertising $50 for any application filled out. So remember, McDonald's used to be where you go get your start in life, yeah. flipping burgers. But now they'll pay you 50 bucks just to fill out an application. Well, what does this mean? This means there's a labor shortage. Yeah. Well, you pay people $17 an hour to stay home and nobody wants to work. So, yeah. and, and the people that do, you, you got to really scratch your head and say, have you thought this through? Right. I mean, you're making $9 an hour. You, you could be home making 17, man. You're crazy. Yeah. So, so that's all by design.
and there's more dominoes to come. And people, once they see all these dominoes, instead of being upset that this, the dollar is not a good savings vehicle, they'll start thinking, wait a minute, if I can see where the ball is headed, I can go play the game down there where, before it gets there. And, and, and I really have an edge. And that, that's what we want to help people see. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting uh, that was there was an article here in the we call it the mackerel wrapper, the local paper here uh, up in North Florida about the exact uh, about the exact same thing. Shortages of workers. We've got tourist season rolling up and, and nobody can hire anybody. So you've got two hour waits at restaurants. And and then yet on the other hand, uh, other side of the coin, you see that, you know, unemployment is, you know, six percent, which I think it's higher than that, really. I mean, you know, the way they cook the numbers. So that's right. definitely, we're definitely seeing, I say this all the time and people can't seem to wrap their head around it. Incentives matter, right? All right. So think about it like this. The biggest, the biggest portion of tax revenue for the feds is payroll tax. Mm -hmm. It's a tremendous portion of federal income tax. Everybody thinks it's, you know, estate tax is nothing. It's tiny. And, and so you add right. up all these taxes, payroll taxes, everybody that's minimum wage worker is paying about 15.5% payroll tax. The right. employer pays half, they pay half. If you, if you have wages rise by 10%, then the payroll tax take went up by 10%. Mm -hmm. And everybody talk, even our friend Peter Schiff talks about the debt, you know, if the interest rate goes up. It's not true because the interest rate can go from 1.6 to 2.6, and you've more than accounted for that by having higher wages and collecting the tax off of those wages. Now, I'm, I'm not advocating that this is an idea that we morally agree with. I'm right. checking my morals at the door and looking at what is. Right. And, and if you're a central planner, this is a great plan because the average person has no idea. And then when they go get a, a, a gallon of milk you know, and, and it costs 10% more, they barely even notice you know, because it's, just, it's a little bit here, a little bit there. Right. It takes a long time. Before people in the '60s, we had a we had a lot of inflation, and and housewives figured it out. Yeah, remember this when Nixon gave that talk in August of '71. There there was an uproar with housewives that were saying the butter is is so much more, and mm -hmm. the you know there there were hardware store guys saying that the anything that was that was a commodity started to cost more, and this happened for about five years before they actually pulled the switch on on the the gold convertibility so i mean this stuff lurks in the system and what they're counting on now is that you're not going to notice yeah you're not going to notice a little bit here a little bit there you get a little stimulus everything is groovy make some money in your dog coin you're fine yeah but then all of a sudden one day you turn around and you say what happened how did i see this coming you know what's interesting it seems like the people that are noticing it now the people that are, that are coming to me and saying what's going on are the folks that are at home depot because yep. you're seeing these skyrocketing prices in plywood. And in fact, I yep. saw a funny meme the other day. It was a, a photo of a guy like with a with a real pretty woman. They're all dressed up. They've got a dinner table and and uh, there's plywood stacks in the background and the caption is something to the effect of he he wanted to take me someplace expensive for dinner, you know. Exactly. So it That's so right. it's definitely it's, there. It's up about almost 400% in the last year. And people say, well, you know, I mean, how many two by fours do you buy? Well, if you're building a house, you buy a lot of them. Right, well, yeah. And so all the sawmills are limited capacity. You got tariffs from the Canadian lumber. I mean, copper is doubled in price. You know, cement's up. All the agricultural commodities are up. This is not a passing fad. And I spoke with a builder last week that said, we're going to wait till the end of the year to pull the trigger because we think the prices will go down, but they're not going to go down. 
Yeah. That's what people need to see because there's more coming. Okay. You're eventually what's going to happen is every product you buy will have an additional cost that accounts for the effect on the environment. Right. People have a hard time seeing this, but, but that's going to be another layer of increases in cost. Mm -hmm. And then you look back at the last 20 years when everybody was pounding the table about the debt, the debt, the debt. The debt doesn't matter because as GDP artificially grows with all these different pressures pushing the cost higher, the government's take grows. Right. So, so they can – what used to look like a lot of money, a trillion here, a trillion there, it's nothing. Right. Well, you mentioned the debt. Let's, let's talk about that for a second because one of the things that, that you observe in the book and something that I've actually written about as well over the last um, couple of years – is how as we go through these cycles, you know, we, we look at the, we call it the boom bust cycle. Uh, you know, you go back to the '90s, you had the dot com and that bubble burst, and then you had the uh, the financial crisis. Every time we go through the bust, it takes more debt and lower interest rates for a longer time in order to reinflate the bubbles and, and recreate that boom, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how long can it go on? Can it go on a little, indefinitely? A little while longer. <laughs> so like a little while, I mean, I would focus more on playing the next domino instead of becoming an ideologue and saying this just is not right and it can't carry on because right. you might be doing that for decades. I mean, who knows? Right. Right, right now, people are taking this current arrangement pretty well. I mean, you, the interest rates are negative. Now, people need to understand right. they say rates are going up. They're not going up. The five-year bond, let's say that it pays 80 basis points. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's eight-tenths of 1%. If you go on the Federal Reserve St. Louis website, which is very easy to use, and you look up the interest rate on the TIPS. Now, TIPS are inflation-protected securities. The five-year rate on TIPS is negative 160 basis points. Okay, so what that means is, is that the market knows that there's 2.5% roughly inflation right now mm -hmm. per year over the next five years. And that's going up. Right. And so and so if you buy a bond, you make 80 basis points, but you lose because inflation is cooked in already. People see it coming and there's going to be more of it. And so to, to answer your question, it can it's working fine now. Nobody <laughs> notices. And right. so and so you see, we had that shock last year. Stock market loses, you know, eight, 10 trillion of value in two or three weeks. Howard Marks, one of the best investors in the world, they tried to raise a distressed debt fund. By the time they got the fund raised, there was no more opportunity because right. the Fed stepped in and bought junk bonds. Mm -hmm. how, how are you gonna How are you gonna trade that? I mean, there's just no it's just no possible way because it's not a real market. So all the guys that I that I you know grew up working with and came into the business with is sitting around. They're, they're doing channel checks. They're staying on top of the numbers, doing these things. It's it doesn't matter. This is a controlled system. In the book, I call it a crisis system. Yeah. And a crisis system is a perpetual boom with the occasional brief crash. Right. That's a crisis. Now, in a, in, in a market-based system, which we had up until really the early 90s, you went through these cycles. You know, right. of, of you'd have a, you, your, your grandpa would say, now, look, don't borrow too much money because you, you might not make it through the downturn. Mm -hmm. But now it doesn't matter. It, it, it's, in fact, what happens is you're crazy. If you are live responsibly, I'm not. I'm not encouraging people to not live responsibly. I'm just saying. Right. I was on Robert Kiyosaki's show, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. I told him, I said, you write that book again today. Poor Dad is the genius. Rich Dad's the idiot <laughs> right. because Poor Dad's spending every dollar he get his hands on, 
and he's having a good time. But you know, Rich Dad is cutting his own yard, and there's no there's no reason for it because because the the game has changed. Maybe I need to call that lawn guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no reason for it because because all these values that we that we were taught you know around the dinner table are for a different time. You know, and so and so I don't have any debt. I mean, I'm not I'm not playing the game that way. But when I when I look around, I say, OK, how is this going to end? And and what's going to happen is, is that you're going to turn around and dog coin is going to be worth about what dog coin is worth, which is not very much. Yeah, the, the, there's going to be fed coin. OK, and we, that's chapter 17 in the book. Right. It's going to be fed coin. And there's a reason why the federal government and the Federal Reserve love. Uh, a cryptocurrency you know mm-hmm. the chinese are doing it right now yep. it, it it eliminates counterfeiting uh you, you can have capital controls on individuals you can have a social credit score mm-hmm. if you vote for the wrong person if you don't wear a mask you know if you have a lot of things to say about freedom and you, you have all these controversial opinions you can be sanctioned on an individual basis your fed coin wallet you can no more leisure spending for you mike right. you've been a bad boy you can you can only spend, you know, at the Home Depot and on your basic essentials, but no more money for, you know, booze and movie tickets and parties and stuff. Right. That's out the window. So it's real. Mm-hmm. It's very real. And FedCoin is not going to be, you know, like something you buy for 10 cents and it goes to 60000 It's not going to be like that. Right. People have got to see that that's happening right now. And so you look and you say, well, why does gold matter? Well, gold is analog wealth. It's analog wealth. Well, why would you want analog wealth? Well, once you see what FedCoin looks like, you'll see the value in having just a little bit of analog wealth, just in case. Yeah. You make an interesting point in the book, and you've kind of alluded to it here. I want to hit it head on about the way the system is completely manipulated by the government and the Federal Reserve. And uh, you actually call it um, price fixing of money. What do you mean by that? So how, I, how is the I, government price fixing money? So, so I, I know a guy that was the former president of Cato Institute. He was the chairman of a big a bank that's now about the sixth biggest bank in the country. And, and he used to joke with the regulators and, and he would ask them, well, why don't you guys fix the price of oranges? You know, because right. we just had an orange crop freeze and the price went through the roof. And, and the, the bank inspector said, this is the United States of America. It's a free market. And he said, well, yeah, but you, you fix the price of interest rates. And the guy was very upset, you know, and he said, well, that's different, but it's not different. Right. The, the, when you fix the price of something, there are market reactions. If you fix the price of orange juice, the regulator knows that you would reward growers with an inferior product mm-hmm. and you would punish growers with a beautiful organic orange. There'd right. be no incentive. And that's what the Fed does is that they fix the price of money. And so it doesn't it 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 rewards people that are profligate spenders that make bad choices and that use the system to to grow instead of using business acumen to grow and it punishes people that that preserve capital and and store it and make good decisions. They and that's once people see that they realize that this is not a market-based system. Right. Right. I, I tell people that all the time. They went, oh, your capitalist free market system. Look what it's done. I mean, don't blame me. I didn't do yeah, this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it used to be that way. It used to be a free market system. Right. Now, now, if you look back, what you see is, is that about the time the Soviet Union fell was really when we shifted into this mode right. of binge borrowing 
and controlling the economy into a controlled economy. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's really it's a lot like what you see in China. You know, you have the the government keeps a really tight grip on on major influential companies. Right. Um, you know, you're not going to see a competitor to Twitter. And if you're on Twitter and you say the wrong thing, you can be off Twitter mm -hmm. overnight. Uh, you know, your tweets are, say not verified, you know, and, and that's then people will say, yeah, but this is a free country. You can say what you want, but you can't. I mean, you got to wake up and see this. Right. And, and so when once people are awake and they see this, they realize, wait a second. I mean, I've got to play the game in front of me instead of dreaming about some game, you know, from another generation. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, that's hard to do. You know, when you're when you're raised with these values, I mean, I could still hear my grandfather's words yeah. echoing in my head. Um, yeah. it, it's hard for for us to break out of that way of thinking because I mean, that's the moral and right way, right? I mean, yeah, but but you have to ask yourself, why am I gripping on to that? Right. You know, it's it's like you you leave the house in a bathing suit, and it's snowing. <laughs> and you say, you know, it's really hard because I wanted I was told to wear a bathing suit and I and I and I want to wear a bathing suit. And then you, your friend says, yeah, but have you looked outside? Right. Well, I can't do that because when I was told to wear a bathing suit, I decided that was what I was going to do. So open up your eyes and look around. And when you start looking around and you start thinking for yourself and you wake up, it's actually quite easy. Yeah. And it's much better. You, what happens is I don't have a television, for example. People say, well, how do you keep up with what's going on? It's very easy. I mean, everything that comes out of the television is, is programming. They call it television programming right. for a reason. You know, it's a controlled message. Mm -hmm. you, know, you hear about the shooting that they tell you about. There's shootings all the time. You don't yeah. hear about them. You hear about the one they tell you about. So, so you'd be surprised how much different life is without a television. Well, what do you do? Well, you get some art. You can look at the art. You read some books. Right. You have people over. You know. You talk. You tell stories. You you talk about places in the world that you've been. You teach your kids about this stuff. Right. That's that's valuable. That's teaching your kids how to think for themselves. People ask me this all the time. What do you do for your kids? Teach them how to think mm -hmm. for themselves. Let them choose the life they want instead of programming them to to follow along. You know, in, on a path that's not working. It's a dead end. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to uh, kind of pivot back to the the whole interest rate manipulation uh, that's actually going on, and so simple guy, uh, you, you see the fact that they are artificially uh, look, keeping interest rates low. They keep the federal funds rate at zero. Uh, they utilize the bond market by purchasing bonds. They do all of these things to keep interest rates low. Uh, on the flip side, we have obvious signs of inflation. People are seeing it in the markets. We're seeing it at the lumber store. Um, the prescription for dealing with inflation is to uh, to let interest rates rise. Now, you kind of touched on this, but I want to I hit it a little bit harder because it seems to me that at some point you're in a situation where right now the Fed's solution to inflation is just to tell us it doesn't exist or it's transitory. Um, what happens at the point the Fed identifies and admits that there is a true inflation problem. Do they let interest rates rise? Can they with the debt, or or will it kind of take care of itself because of the of the way that the system is slow cooking? Well, the Fed is a reactionary organization, for sure. So that so again, everybody assumes the Fed's there to help them. It's not. 
It's the path of least embarrassment. Now, you hear right now all the time they say, well, we're going to run a little hot right now because we had 0% inflation. So we want to have 2% inflation. So we're going to have 4% inflation so that we make up for the 0% inflation. But the reality is, as you know, is that you're really having more than that, but you change the way the numbers are are put together. Now, why would this be the case? Okay, let's, for simple people, let's boil it down because we're all very simple people at the court. $100,000 you save up working at your job putting it into the bank every single week, got a hundred grand there. The bank says to you, we're going to give you zero. And you say, well, okay, I'll still keep the money there. Right. Bank says, we're going to now charge you a thousand dollars a year to keep right. the balance more than 10 grand. What are you going to do with the money? I'm going to pull it. Right. You're going to get it out. And, mm-hmm. and first thing you're going to do is try to put it in cash, but not going to be possible because they can't give you that much cash. So you're right. going to spend it. Now you have choices. You're going to spend it on doing something in your life or making your house better or buying a rental property or something, but that's not that good of a deal because there's so much money that the rental property only produces like a 2% return, mm-hmm. not even worth your effort. You're going to be over there repairing the toilet and right. stuff, and then you're going to think I should, it's not even worth it. Mm-hmm. If you're wise, what you'll do is realize that in, a, in an environment like this, you have to speculate. This type of environment rewards speculation, right? not investing. So you want to find ways to speculate. And so and so what the Fed realizes is that not everybody will be wise enough to speculate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will spend the money. Well, what does that do? That pushes more money into the system. Right. More payroll tax, more income tax for the business owner, more fees, mm-hmm. more more fees for the accounting person, more mortgages being written, more lumber being purchased. I mean, right. that solves another problem because you have this giant pile of debt. And so it's easier to service that debt because your GDP is growing. Everybody's going to the mattress. Where's that cash? Right. Spend it before it's worth less. And so then finally you get to a point where the Fed says, now we didn't, this has gotten out of control. Now we're going to fix it. So that's, that's ahead though. That, you want to do something before that happens. Right. You know, because it's like when Volcker came in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the, the gold already went to 800. Right back then. I mean, it was too late. What are you going to do then? I mean, you, you, you know, and that's sadly, that's when most people plan is after the hurricane. They, right. The hurricane comes through. They say, you know what we need to do? Get some property insurance. But it's right. too late. It's already the storm already happened. Yeah. Or and so now he has your chance because your, your peers and your neighbors, they don't see this. Like the whole millionaire next door concept. This is the last guy to figure it out. Mm-hmm. This is the last guy because he's holding on to all these ideas. Oh, we'll get them back in the midterms. It's like, okay, right. well, whatever, man. That you're, you're asleep, okay? So, so you're the last one to know, and you're millionaire next door. And now you're a thousandaire next door, yeah. because because you 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 got left behind. Right. And so, sadly, they put you in a position where you know you've got to take some portion of your money and speculate in a way that you're comfortable, because the 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 money that's sitting dead is is trouble. I mean, it's it's eroding value. Yeah. That's the guy that's over at the uh, Publix trying to get the bottled water when the hurricane warning comes up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Too late. Yeah. Yeah, it's too late. Um, so you mentioned the domino. So what do you think the next domino is? Well, you've got this, this scenario now where the, the, you've got to look at what the U.S. is going to do in the face of China. I mean, the U.S. walks around with this big baseball bat in their hands, right. and they – say, you know, this country's bad, so they can no longer transact with the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And that pushes the country into terrible 
condition, you know, warlords are taking over and stuff. Right. And that's what the U.S. does. And they've done it in Hong Kong recently, and yeah. they've done it in Iran, and they've done it in Turkey. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody says, well, these are bad places, you know, because uh, I don't know where they are on a map, but <laughs> I watched the 60 Minutes, and they told me that this is the women's rights situation there was right. terrible. And so I just think we should just cut off their access to the world. Right. So that's not going to work forever. Mm -hmm. And so the, the Chinese have created a digital yuan because right. they maybe they read my book. I don't know. But they realized that, that they can have total control and then they can circumvent sanctions this way. Now, what will the U.S. do? I mean, I think the move to a U.S. Fed coin is is pretty it's a lot closer than people think. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think they've gotten everybody used to cryptocurrency. Now, imagine five years ago, people say, well, that's I'm not interested in learning about that. Now they say. Do you have any suggestions of online sources for me to learn about this? Okay, well, everybody's comfortable. So when they say, you know, the dollar's under attack, our sovereignty's under attack, you know, this nation stands for freedom, mm. freedom to sanction people and all this stuff. So, so you know, this is this will be the rollout. And, and I think it's a huge game changer because what happens is, is that every single currency unit is then totally controlled. Right. You know, you might have like ones, fives, tens and twenties, but you only you only have up to 100. I mean, I don't know about where you live, but for, for me, 100 buys lunch for two. Right. With you know, Because, because you know, you got to tip people about 30 percent now because they tell you how they, they grew up to be a professional waiter and they just <laughs> right. can barely get by. You know, so 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 100 bucks, man, that's nothing. And, and you right. still can only bring 10,000 into the country or in or in or out and. If you have ten thousand, they'll say, "Are you a terrorist? I mean, what are you? Are you a drug dealer? You know, are you trafficking someone?" Yeah, they're liable to take grand. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ten grand. It's like if you stay at a nice hotel for three nights with your family and fly there, that's a ten thousand dollar vacation. Yeah. I mean, imagine like that's that's the limit of how much cash you can transfer. And your fellow citizens are the biggest enemy because they've been trained to. You see something, say something. Uh, yep. You see, you saw Mike with the, with a thousand dollars. He must be up to something. Why don't you turn him into this tip line so we can check him out a little right. bit? I mean, okay. So, so once you have total control, your options change. Mm -hmm. You know, so everybody's got to see this coming because we're very close to this. And now, let me just be really clear. You're, I'm not saying that you're up to something. What I'm saying is that when in history has total and complete control ever done you any favors? I mean, imagine it's, it's, it's like, it's like, okay, you know, no, no, we're here to help you. you know, right. we're, we're, we're total control to help you. Okay. So I just, I think once you see that, you think, you know, maybe before it's before this domino falls, I should at least have 1% or 2% in gold or something just in case total control doesn't work favorably for me. Right. I don't think it's going to work favorably for me. No, it's, it yeah. never works. I mean, I mean, imagine it's it's like in 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 Europe, you know, in the previous century. Where are your papers? Right. Where are your papers? I mean, right. this is the same thing now. Where's your vaccine card? Mm -hmm. You know, where where it's it's the same thing. And so and so, what did people do in advance of that situation in Europe? Is that they they tried to at least arrange an emergency plan mm -hmm. in case the worst happened. And the worst did happen. So the the emergency plan was not to profit. It was to stay alive. Right. I mean, that was the deal. You weren't trying to, you know, you were trying to get across a border and be able to, to bribe your way into a into a, a free area. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying 
you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you what looks like is going to happen. Right. And, and, and it doesn't look good for free thinking people. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I mean, I mean, if you go to Cambodia to S21 or to the to, to the killing tree, all this stuff. Right. What you see is that they didn't get rid of the people like that in the U.S., for example, that are 40 percent overweight, taking four different psychotropic drugs every day, watching the television and, and can barely get themselves to the hip replacement. You know, this is the kind of person that is lifted up as a hero. Right. The enemy is the kind of person like look at yourself. Look at all those books behind you. Right. You're you're dangerous. Yeah. Because you ask a lot of questions and and we don't take kindly to that because yeah. you're you're making it difficult for us. So you already see this happening. And, and I think people, you know, they got to see that we're, we're pretty close to that. You're pretty you're talking about vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. Why do you why do you need a vaccine passport? I mean, if you have the shot and you go to the grocery store, no mask, they, they come and act like they're going to take you to jail. Right. Well, I had the shot. Well, you still got to wear the mask. Right. Well, what was the point of the shot? Well, you're going to have to get another shot. Right. We got to beat this pandemic and we need more checks for people too in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting into the efficacy of that. People have suffered with this. It's, right. you know, I'm not, I don't want to dispute that at all. But, but my point is, is that you, you're seeing more, more control, less freedom, but the dream is still alive. People grilling those hot dogs, saluting the flag, and this is the land of the free, right. the home of the brave. You just don't say anything that tips off the Gestapo, because then you'll <laughs> you'll have a problem. Right, right, absolutely. And it's you know it is pretty shocking, you know, just looking back over a year, uh, how much things have shifted. And that was one of the things that was most distressing to me as we got into, you know, June and July of last year. How many people just went along with what? in my view, is pretty draconian. And, and you realize that, you know, you, you, I think a lot of people take solace in, well, we won't let that happen because we're good people. And I think my eyes were opened a little bit to maybe my neighbors aren't as trustworthy as I, I might have hoped, you know, not to be yeah, too cynical. Yeah, and imagine but, people's, people's uh, oh, oh, it's not for me. It's for my Aunt Lucy. Who, right. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Oh, I'm just going to have a double mask on in my own car with a dental <laughs> shield and gloves because I, the news, okay, now I don't need that anymore. Now I need to wipe the vegetables down with Lysol. I mean, it, everybody forgets. And so what you see is that people in the U S will do anything you tell them to do. Yeah. They'll do anything. And eventually they'll say, round up those people and put them over here in this camp. And they'll say, I didn't know what was going to happen to them. I just was doing what I was told. Right. Right. That's how, and, and it's, it's, it's not personal. Now people get all upset about this. Hey, listen, you got to play the social game where you are. Okay. You can't, you you don't, you're not going to change anything. So don't be going around, you know, like being a one man stand and you turn into a Wikipedia page or something. Right. This is very stupid. You gotta, you gotta go with the flow. Okay. But just open up and see what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, and, and remember the war against your wealth. Well, you're not trying to become a billionaire. You're just saying, I, I want to maintain some autonomy. That's what I'm trying to do is to maintain some semblance of, of self-support as we transition. 
Yeah. Because there's always going to be something to do. You know, you, you have machines replace people, then they got to pay some people to because they can't work to keep the machines going. And they got to pay somebody to program the machines. And right. that could be you. So so that's that's kind of the way to see it. And it helps you not be upset, but to, to go with the flow, but also to be aware. Yeah. It's it's be prepared. It's the old Boy Scout motto, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can't do that. Can't be a Boy Scout anymore, though. By the way, because <laughs> no, no, that's because, against the, right. That's no, against the rules. You got to just be a scout. A scout. Because yes. you can have a, a, a gender transition scout or something, and they would <laughs> feel put out if you called them a Boy Scout. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I, I think I think a lot of this audience is is pretty savvy when it comes to physical gold investment and, and, and that. I wanted to touch a little bit though on the uh, the royalties. Um, yeah. That's something that you hit on pretty hard in, in the book and honestly something I knew virtually nothing about. Uh, can you give a, like a, a real quick overview yeah. of why why it's, is this a good investment? It's very easy. It's very easy. So don't worry people. So, so gold mining is a terrible business. Mm -hmm. You got to go to the middle of nowhere and you got to find the gold mine and there's all kinds of tribes around there. You got to, you got to contain them. It's terrible. Right. And most gold mining stocks don't do very well. Now, sure. You can have a run. Okay, fine. You have that, but there's a lot of them that don't, that never amount to anything. Right. Now royalty is very different. What a royalty is, is it's a claim on 1% or 2% or whatever the claim is on every ounce of gold that ever comes out of the ground on a fixed amount of space. You've all heard the stories about the old farmer in Texas riding his tractor and the oil company says, if you let us poke some holes in the ground, we'll give you 1% of all the value of the oil that comes right. out. The next thing you know, he doesn't even need to drive the tractor anymore. You know, he's getting checks for hundred grand a month. Okay, that's what a royalty is. Mm -hmm. It's a perpetual carried interest in a mineral asset. Now, but Metallo Royalty, now this is a New York Stock Exchange traded company. MTA is the ticker. It's in right. Canada as well. We, we I was a founding shareholder of this company. I'm on the board of directors of this company. I, as you mentioned, I tell the entire secret sauce in the book. Yeah. This company is fascinating because you can operate it with very few employees. You know, about five employees is all you need. And what happens is, is that we go around and we acquire these 1% interest in mineral properties. And as the companies develop those properties and turn them into mines, you've got a 1% interest in the mine. Now, the cost of the mining is on the way up, by the way. So right. oil's up, labor's up, equipment's up, sure. uh, everything is up, transportation's up, all mm -hmm. the stuff is going up. So the mining company is, is always having to try to struggle to get more and more out of the ground. You know, to, Well, guess what? The royalty is 1%, is 1%. It's not 1% of profit. It's just you get 100,000 ounces of gold, the royalty company gets 1,000 ounces of gold, no cost, no cost. And yeah. in the book, I explain how this happened. Franco Nevada, which is a famous royalty company, bought a royalty in, in uh, Nevada in the 80s for $2 million from a bankrupt oil and gas company. Mm -hmm. And uh, American Barrick found a huge gold deposit there. This is about 45 million ounces pulled out of the ground. And the companies received over a billion in cash payments since that time at no cost. Yeah. So people need to see that this is not something we invented. You know, we, we, we have our spin on the business. I mean, we found that there were a lot of orphan royalties owned by prospectors and small companies and family trusts and things like that. And we could go around and buy those in exchange for stock in our company. We bought 69 of those so mm -hmm. far. Now, final piece here. What happens is you end up with 69 royalties. 
So all those royalties cover lots of different pieces of ground all over the world. Right. And and you the mining company is hard at work proving how many ounces they have. So they got a million ounces, two million, three million, four. They're always trying to prove they have more, you know, because they that's what they do. When the price of gold goes up by a hundred bucks, you, your royalty company gets credit for those ounces that are coming in the future. Right. So so you you don't really care about the cash flow now. You just say I got twenty years, twenty years of mining left on this site, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be getting a thousand ounces a year. At $100 more than I expected. I mean, imagine if you bought an apartment complex and the apartment's leased for $1,000 per apartment. Mm-hmm. And then once you own it for a year, it goes up to $1,200. Right. Well, the, the, the apartment complex is worth dramatically more because you, you're going to own it for 20 or 30 years. Right. And now you're, you're saying, man, I thought I was going to get 1000 per apartment. I'm going to get 1200 a month now. I mean, this is a tremendous increase that I wasn't counting on. So the point there is when Metalla went public initially, about 80 cents, you know, it's almost $10 now. Yeah. So that's about a 1,200% increase in the price of Metalla, okay, in ticker symbol MTA. Mm-hmm. The price of gold is up about 50%. Right. So, so you, you've, you've, you, what happens is those royalties, that future value of that higher gold price is captured by the royalty company. Uh-huh. Now. The reason I explain this in the book in part three in detail, in very personal detail, by the way, because Brett yeah. Heath, the CEO, and, and we, we worked very hard to put this together. I tell the whole secret of the business because once we see a higher gold price, now I'm not talking about 10,000. I'm talking about like 2,500. I mean, right. this is, this is, you're, you're going to have to peel me off the ceiling at 2,500. Yeah. That's only $700 higher than today. Correct. But that $700 is captured by the royalties and you see dramatic uh dramatic benefits as the royalty owner and it's it's nice to own a coin that goes from 1800 to 2500 sure. but the value of the of you know hundreds of thousands of ounces of gold in the ground it, the increase is spectacular and i think you'll only see that once i think that that type of increase it's kind of like what happened to bitcoin it's like you you know once the light bulb goes on right you know, the professional investors say, I'm in a world of zero percent mm-hmm. and I've got these royalties generating, you know, higher rates of return on an asset that's kind of indestructible. I mean, gold right. is, you know, theft is your biggest problem. I mean, yeah. it survives a house fire. So, I mean, you just as long as no one steals it, you know, and it, a great place to hide it is buried in the ground in the middle of Nevada. I mean, it's very, very right. hard to steal. Yeah. Right. So. So the royalty gives you that that long term exposure. It allows you to speculate. When we talked about earlier, you know, speculating needs to be something that everybody considers. And right. if you go out and buy a ten cent stock hoping it'll go to five dollars, good luck. Right. But the royalty gives you a way to take a benefit from that rising gold price mm-hmm. in a pretty serious way. And so, you know, people can check out the website Metal Royalty and the stock trades very heavily. It's not a it's not a huge company, but it's not like a, a tiny company either. I mean, it's you know, traded about $5 million worth of stock today uh, and trades in the NYSE. And, you know, it's, we, we, when we started it, we had zero royalties. Now we have 69, you know, and, and hopefully that was four and a half years ago. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the business, you know, it's, it's been a steady grower and it's not some overnight success. I mean, you can see in the stock chart, all we did was we added one, 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 and then the, the pile gets bigger. 
you know, some of the royalties turn into mines and then, you know, some of them get bigger. Right. Um, all these things kind of happen, you know, building a business and the wind is at your back and mm -hmm. people got to see, you, you don't want a, the wind in your face. Right. You know, if your wind's in your face, turn around, let it go on your back and you can, you can make more progress. I mean, that's that type of gold market, you know, your gold's rising steadily, which is what it's done. And I think we're, I think we're on the cusp of another serious rise. I mean, last year over 2000, you know, we saw we saw that kind of get get popped down. Right. But if you notice, silver hasn't gone down. Yeah. You know, silver's almost where it was in the summer at a tie, mm -hmm. and it, it it's it's actually a lot higher than a year ago. I mean, it's a significant increase. Yeah. And almost double. And 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 gold is back where it was a year ago. And I think what what we're seeing from the the guy, we were very connected in this business, and what we're seeing is that everybody's positioning mm -hmm. for that move. And you know, a couple hundred bucks. In the gold price is is I mean you're you're just it's a it's a step for gold it's a leap for for the royalty companies. Yeah. I'm curious about something just from uh, let's say I have a royalty why would I want to sell it to you? Well, you you, you don't have to, but well, no, I don't have we, to. But why would I? I mean, yeah, what's, so, I, I don't under, I don't. That was the thing yeah. that I was trying to wrap my head yeah. around as I was reading this, like from a business so here, standpoint. Yeah. So here's what happens. So, so most of the royalties we bought, we come to you and we say, look, you found this gold deposit in Quebec in 1992. Mm -hmm. and, and then it was bought by a little company and then, you know, big company bought it. And you're, now you're finally looking at your shops. That this thing is going to go into production next year. Right. But the problem is, is this, you have one royalty. And you're not exactly young anymore. So the problem is, is that if if this mine gets delayed or um, there's a pause in production or anything happens, uh, you're in trouble because mm -hmm. this is your only asset. And right. also, it, it might be worth $10 million by itself. But as a collection of 70 royalties, it, it might be worth more than that because, because you – with 70 – you don't care if there's a delay at that right, site, right? You know, because you you now benefit from the diversity, and the same thing happens with companies like private equity companies will go around and they'll buy up all the tire stores in the whole state of Florida or something. Right. And the reason why they do that is because one tire store is a nice business, but fifty tire stores is a tremendous business. It mm -hmm. it, it has all kinds of efficiencies. Right. You diversify your risk. Now, you got to buy similar size tire stores. I mean, you can't buy one gigantic store and then a bunch of small stores. Or right. Else it doesn't work. That makes sense. So, so as we've bought, we, we've come to people like you and said, look, you know, we'll, we'll buy this from you, but we're going to pay you in stock and we're going to be a little bit on the cheap side. So you, you don't have to sell to us. I mean, you can keep it, but I think you know as well as we do that as a part of this company, you're going to have liquidity. You'll be able to sell some stock whenever you want. You could give stock away to your kids or grandkids or your church or something. Do whatever you want. We won't even notice. I mean, it's yours to, to right. hold on to or, you know, you get into a bull market and you want to sell. Otherwise, to sell that royalty, you'd have to hire an investment bank, go through a process. You don't know if you're getting the best price. You're going to pay cash. You're going to pay a lot of tax on the cash. Right. It's a nightmare. So. So there have been people that said, I'm going to wait. Um, let me see how this goes. You know, you guys are just getting started. But then as we did, you know, probably 20 transactions, I think people started to then say, wait a minute. I mean, if I had sold when it was 90 cents or a dollar, dollar right. 50, now it's $10. Yeah. So, so I would have taken that whole 
ride all the way up. And so that's how we built the business. Now, what people need to understand, Mike, is that I just told you the whole secret sauce right. to the business. So why would I do that? Well, because people aren't very good at this business. And yeah. what happens is, is that they, they, they issue too much stock and they, they're profligate spenders. And uh, so we, we've willingly shared our business formula and watched people try to copy it and they can't do it. Right. So, so, you know, it takes many, many acts to build a reputation and, sure. and just so people know, Brett Heath is the brains of the operation, the CEO. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was his business partner years ago. We had an asset management company. We focused on gold stocks. We have a long history together. Right. But, but Brett and his team are the guys that are analyzing the deals that are that are out at the sites that are that are working, kicking rocks. I mean, they're they're doing this stuff twenty four seven. Uh, as you know, in the book, it's my biggest. It's the most I've ever bet on one investment. I mean, I bought stock. I, I don't even, you can look up on the insider. You have to file with the regulator every right. time I buy stock. You can look it up. I mean, there's just pages and pages. I bought stock all the way up, Yeah. all, all the way up. The whole, even higher than it trades today. I bought all the time uh, because this is my play for this gold bull market. And I right. think people need to see that that's, I couldn't find a company that would give me what I was looking for. So we created a company. Yeah. Fascinating. So I, that really helped because I understand that now, because for, for, from my perspective, I'm now uh, in effect, the owner or the part owner of 69 royalties, right. as opposed to just holding my single one. Yeah. So I mean, okay, imagine that makes trying to give sense. that away to your grandkids. Right. Right. Oh, like gosh. you have 10 grandkids, you're going to split it by 10. You got two ex-wives and what are you going to do? <laughs> it's, it's much easier if you can then say, I'll give you 20,000 shares of stock and I'll give you 50 and you know, maybe I'll give you some once you graduate college. Right. And I'll, you know, so, so, uh, you know, th th there's a, there's an appeal. And, and what that means is that we're not negotiating in a binary situation where we're right. trying to be cutthroat with you. We're just saying, Hey, I mean, you know, you could, you got a lot of options, you know, but this is one good one and you can consider it, but you might want to do something else. Yeah. I mean, so everybody has different needs. I mean, you, you know, you have different, uh, you have different uh, places you are in life all the time. And so we've, we've, we've had to always have, you know, dozens and dozens that we're going after. Mm -hmm. uh, because it takes a long time to do this. I mean, you, right. there's no Zillow.com or Realtor.com <laughs> right. for royalties. I mean, yeah. it doesn't exist, and it never. And you can go to an investment bank, but what's going to happen there is you're going to pay top dollar, right? And you're going to be competing against you know numerous companies, and and if you overpay, then later you have to write that asset value down, and you, you we've had no impairment charges. In which what that means is that is that you overpaid and then you have to later right. come back to earth. There's no point in that. And part of the reason why is because we, we've bought a lot of stock. I mean, and so when you've bought a lot of stock, you're very much interested in discipline. Right. You know, if, if, if I don't have any stock and I don't care, you know, then it's I'm spending other people's money. Right. You know, that's that's I mean, that, that's that's a different position. But, sure. you know, we're, we're very we've had a good time doing this. I mean, it's four and a half years, you know, about five years ago is when we started putting it together mm -hmm. and it was an open deal. It wasn't, it was a deal. I gave a presentation at Sprott resource conference in 2016, July about exactly what was going to happen. Some people listened yeah, and they could, they could buy that stock in the market, you know, before it all happened. I mean, it was, it was, it was open to people. It wasn't a insider deal 
you know, for just uh, half a dozen people and everybody else pays a higher price. I mean, if people took action, some people did, by the way, they come up to me and and say that they bought the stock, you know, at 80 cents U.S. and and they've ridden it the whole way. And and I tell them, I mean, the gold price hasn't even moved yet. That's right. That's just so crazy. I mean, it's not even this hasn't even happened yet. You're excited for the warm up show, right? (laughs) right? I mean, wait till you see the real show. Right. Well, that's fantastic. I, I appreciate the explanation, and I'm sure that that's that's information. I'm pretty certain that a lot of folks are, are not aware of. So, um, well, well, Mike, you look at you look at your holdings. You've got your physical right. metal. You got your royalty stocks. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have your exploration stocks. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have some S and P 500 stocks. I mean, right. Maybe you even have some bonds. I mean, who, you have all these buckets. And so, what people need to understand is successful investors are wealth managers. They're their own wealth manager. And so you don't bet everything on horse number seven. It's right. not the way it works. But you create these buckets, and then you manage those buckets. And over time, what happens is is that you have stability, mm-hmm. and you, you ride up these trends, and, and you feel a little bit more in control of things because right. you've got a plan. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna let you go. We will put in the show notes page link to the company. Of course, to your book, I want to encourage people to go out buy the book. It is it's worth right. Reading. I've got a yeah. It's it's right. It's right here. It's easy to find on Amazon yep. and uh, uh, Audible. It's me reading the book on Audible. People seem to like that. And Kindle, and you can get it at your local bookstore. They order it for you. Uh, you know, it's it's it's. I get a lot of messages from people. There's a connection to my LinkedIn at the end of the book, and uh, you know, it's it's follow us on the journey. I mean, yep. it's 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 a journey. We're all on a journey, and and you should be enjoying yourself and. Uh, and knowing what's going to happen and having a plan is, it makes it much more enjoyable. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, and uh, perhaps we'll get together. I have my sheet of questions here, and we maybe hit four of them. So. Well, let's <laughs> let's circle back and, and see how things are going later in the year. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks. For more information on investing in gold and silver, talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today at 1-888-GOLD-160. That's one 888 Four six five three one six zero, or visit us on the web at shiftgold.com. You can keep up with all of the latest precious metals news at shiftgold.com/news, and tune in each week to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap podcast. This is your host, Mike Meharry. I appreciate you watching, and I'll talk to you again next time.